0: Bowie versus Dillion Is this year when I'm glowy? Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy or a villain oh, It's time for Bowie versus Dillian Well, hello there, podcast audience. Welcome to a very special edition, and we'll tell you why in a second, a very special edition of Bowie vs. Dylan. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. And I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And Chaz, you sound a little different today. Can you tell the audience why that might be? I might sound less crackly and less as if I'm coming through the other end of a phone, because... Uh, for those at home, I live in Minnesota, and Jake lives in Washington State. Yeah. And right now we're in Wisconsin. Oh, a place neither of us live. At <laughs> <And> our mother's <laughs> house. Oh, because in case you don't remember, or we haven't mentioned in a while, we're brothers. Yeah, that's true. We are. That's true. That's true. No matter so, how much Charlie doesn't want to be my brother, he thanks is. Thanks to the holiday season, we have a historic a situation. So historic, we have to we have to describe it as an historic. absolutely grammatically correct and we've ruined christmas just for this just for this everyone's mad at us (laughs) let's hope so all right today we're taking a look a dive into 1974 74 big year big year big year oh yeah in celebration i'm doing so much cocaine again Mm, mm, again mm. and i've just started to cheat on my wife just started just started I've got a very open relationship with my wife so I've got (laughs) at least four or five girlfriends all of which I've tried to make albums for how many are named uh, Hermione oh Hermione is in the past Jake oh yeah well no but is she ever really in the past well I mean that's the question is she alright she's not Maybe. I'm going to kick things off here, Jake, with... Wait, wait, hold on. I'm Whoa. sorry. We have to tell the podcast audience what we're drinking today. Oh, sure. All right. We've let's meant to do guy. this in the past. Mm-hmm. We don't always Jake. have a beer. All right. What do you got, Jake? I have a Odell Brewing Company. I believe that's... Oh, that's from Fort Collins, Colorado. I'm drinking a Drumroll APA. That's an American Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. And I've got a Bent Paddle Brewing Company out of Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. I'm drinking a Venture Pills. Okay. All right. Let's drink some. mm all right, we're gonna kick things off here, Jake. Now, Bowie we've talked about before has all kinds of ridiculous plans, especially earlier in his career. Yeah, and he likes to talk about all of them, mm-hmm. even the ones that don't happen. Especially the ones that don't happen. We're talking <clears> about <throat> him talking about them right now. That's right. And uh, and he also he had you know, 1974 is an interesting transition year. He's coming out of the Ziggy years, and he kind of feel like he's trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah, he's still got coming up with some of his old aspirations. He's huge. He's huge. He's, He's huge, big. especially in the UK. He's big. Yeah, and uh, and so some of these old aspirations to kind of be an Andy Warhol style, like you know, the center of provocateur, this, provocateur. There you go. Thanks, man. Whereas, like, getting all these things going all over the place. I feel like this stuff is coming back. So, in honor of this, Jake, I have got a no, in late '73 into early '74. So these things would all come out in '74. They all happen of course. But we have got—I've got a list of uh, of different things Bowie either did, started doing but never finished, or talked about doing publicly. Uh huh. And we're gonna make this into a game show. Oh. And I've got <laughs> yeah. three different possible names for this game show, Jake. Okay. <laughs> do I get to All pick? Right, you get to pick. Yes. First one is just did Bowie do it? 1974 edition. Okay. All right. Second one. Simple. Do you know You're Bowie? Do you know a year Bowie? Do you know a year Bowie? I'm just trying to make a rhyme here, Jig. It's not good. That's not great. And number three, Bowie's Boula <laughs> Now, I will go for the third one if you call it a Bolia Bass. <gasps> Bolia base? What yeah. is the difference? Different. Because there's, one is a pun and one is just not a pun. Okay. So there's Bowie's Boula or there's just Bolia Bass. Bolia Bass. <laughs> 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 yeah, all right, whatever. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Enemies. So, Jake, here's how it works. Okay. I am going to lead off, we're going to read off some kind of ridiculous sounding thing, okay? You're going to, try to decide did Bowie do this thing and create it? Yeah, do it? Did he start doing it but never finish it? <sighs> okay, this is this is No, oh, it's already, there's only three choices. It's okay. I got rid of like two more choices. I, I know, but I already those. lost. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Did he do it? Yep. Did he start doing it but never finish it? Yep. Or did he just talk about it? Okay, all right. I got those three choices on all my right? fingers, and I'm going to take another drink of beer. All right, go. Choice number one, create a big-budget Ziggy Stardust musical. I want to say that he started doing that, but never finished it. That is correct. Yeah! That's That sound was us hand-high-fiving oh. in real life. I'm so sell. pumped. I feel like That's I've right. already won this Oof. game. All right. Okay. Number two, write a novel about the Trans-Siberian Express. Talked about it. That's oh, wow. two for two, in Hi, baby. All right. Woo. All I'm right. learning something today. Number three. Play guest saxophone on a Steel Eye Span album. Did it. He did it. Yeah! Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> Man. Okay. I'm killing right now. Did he produce slash perform on two covers of his own songs for pop singer Lulu? He did that. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, he did Whoa, Whoa he did The it. two songs were The Man Who Sold the World, that, and the B-side was Watch That Man. I don't know Watch That Man. That's off of uh, Aladdin Insane. It's a good It's a good Sure. Okay. Aladdin Insane. Man, this is going so well. I, I had cut a couple. I might add them back in there. Right? Yeah, add them in. I'm, I'm right. hot right, right now. I'm hot. Uh, oh, shoot. I got rid of the name of something else later on. That's okay. Number whatever number we're on. 18. Wrote and recorded an album for his girlfriend, Ava Cherry under the name The Astronauts, that featured early versions of songs from young Americans. He wrote it and recorded it? Yes. In 1974. At the height of his fame. At that time. Started it, but never finished. Oh! Well done, once again! Yeah, it's interesting. It didn't come out at the time. It didn't come out, and it seems kind of unfinished. It didn't come out. I think it first was released in the 90s. And a more expanded well, version came out later. I don't care about that. I care about me getting that question. But it's right. got early versions of Young Americans. I'm betting a thousand, Chad. I know. This is unbelievable. Okay. All right. Next up. Yep. I'm ready. Create a musical based on the George Orwell novel 1984. Create a musical. Mm hmm. He talked about that, but didn't do it. Incorrect. Oh. oh! Oh, sad. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'd like feet. to. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to talk to an audience member or use my lifeline. Yeah. Can I do that? You're showing. Is your this how to be a millionaire, Isn't this a, what's that st- one? He did start. Okay. And we'll get into that more, but he, ah. was, he was well into it, and several of the songs ended up on his album from 1974. Oh, well, I was and he wrong. was shut down by George Orwell's widow, who would not allow it under any circumstances. I that one's one know. that actually seems like it might have happened if he hadn't gotten shut down. I just want to know why the studio audience is here. If this isn't, <laughs> how to be a millionaire. <laughs> why, is it, why is the studio audience in our mother's house? <sighs> what is that That cheering? Next up, oh. worked on Octobriana the Movie, a film adaptation of a comic book superheroine. Worked on it? Started but never finished. That's just talk. That's just talk. Oh, I'm, lo- I'm I don't know. I'm I, I didn't even know what worked was supposed to... I'm getting this out of uh, The Complete David Bowie by... Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it did not, was not clear what capacity he was supposed to be working on this. It was also seemed to be in joint... With uh, an album he was making for another one of his girlfriends. <laughs> which is, you know, there's, there's several in here that he was making albums for. That is preposterous, sir. All right. Next up. Okay. I've lost my mojo, by way. Oh, no. Oh, you can tell. Can't it's see? coming back on this oh, question. All right. dude, don't worry. Are you this sure? Is our, all right. This is our last one. Okay, perfect. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because the audience left. <laughs> They're disgusted with me. <laughs> wrote three songs for Mick Ronson's first solo yep, album. did it, did it, did it. Oh, yeah, he did it. Which, by the way, let's just really mention, let's just put our air guitars to the sky. Okay, you and, can't see us. And noodle. <laughs> just, just shred for a little while. Squeeze out some okay, tasty licks. You say something, sling and then some I, will, I will rip off a tasty lick. Slaughter on 10th Avenue. <laughs> It's, oh, that, that, that album is full of Tasty Licks Shane. oh yeah Let I bet it is Let Let me me I bet you can dine for a week on those Tasty Licks <laughs> <laughs> and you blocked it too yeah. <laughs> and you'd be full the whole time <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> too oh. full anyway that, it's, it's a pretty <laughs> sweet album I yeah. just, I won't say. I'll just say it I don't think Bowie performed it I think he only but he did write three brand new songs for it Sure. He was helping Ronson kick off his solo career which well, didn't Ron-O, really go anywhere was that the Rono record or was that something different was it called mm-hmm. Rano? No, it's called Slaughter Intent. Oh, yeah, you just said, that. I just said that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right, one last one that didn't really officially fit in here, but okay. uh, Bowie also notably during this time declined to produce Queen's second album. He was asked to produce Queen's second album. Oh, Queen was only album. there for okay, so '74. Yeah. Wow. wow. But he didn't he do declined it. to do he it. He didn't do it. Well, they turned out okay. I tried to work that out <laughs> in there, but you know that involved an entire other category of stuff he uh-huh. decided not to do. Yeah, something else. He decided not to produce a different album by some guy I'd never heard of too. All right, okay. Let's set the stage here, Jake. Can I just say before okay before you set the stage, I just want I just want you to know that you have the perfect face for podcasting. Oh, (laughs) gosh! I've been I've been waiting on that. Ten minutes in, not too shabby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna take another drink. (laughs) You might as well. All right, please set the stage for us, kind sir. All right, so. This is a big transition year, one of Bowie's biggest, I would say, and it's biggest in a few years. You know, Ziggy Stardust busted on the scene in 72. Boomhouse. Um, It was far from his first major change. It just was the first, you know, Space Odyssey was a a solid hit in 69, Mm -hmm. but then his next couple albums, even though they were amazing, didn't really go anywhere, didn't do anything big. Yep. And then Ziggy Stardust did. And uh, so he did giant tours of the U.S. He went into '73 and released Aladdin Sane, which was officially a new character, but really an extension of Ziggy. Okay. He released a a pre-Ziggy. No, no, post-Ziggy. that was afterwards. Post-Ziggy. 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 Post. Post. I'm sorry. He released uh, Pinups, which is a covers album of, of songs that were like seven years old. Right. We talked about that. And then he comes into the '74, and I feel like it's a big year moving out of the glam entirely. Mm. Into end of the year, he's into full soul period and just about to release Young Americans. So I feel like was epitomized. I was doing a little watching, of course, you know. Well, as and there's not there's not a lot. He did not do a lot of TV appearances, considering he had a giant tour and he released a big album, at least Diamond Dogs in 1974. I thought there'd be more, but there really, I guess, two TV appearances and a notable uh, short documentary. So like these three different things here are all like. So the first one was an appearance on a Dutch show called Top Pop. Top pop! Mm hmm, that's right. We're here with him mining. Top of the pops. With him, no, not top of the pops. Top pop. This is a Dutch show, just top pop. Just Dutch. This is like, you know, the generic. <laughs> can't afford the S's, you know. <laughs> it's like. They cut costs. <clears throat> and so it's him miming to Rebel Rebel. Miming to Rebel Rebel. Yeah, great. In full. Like, Diamond Dog's glory. He's still got the the red bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. wearing the eye patch. Mm. He's got some ridiculous jumpsuit thing yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Is it glittery or not glittery? Uh, I don't know there's any glitter in there. It's bright colored and highly patterned. And yeah, and sure. And tight. So tight. Oh, so tight. <laughs> Good thing that he had zero body fat. Zero all. body fat. He had negative <laughs> He body was a fat. ghost. And he was to lose more weight throughout the year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. Of course. So, end of the so year, we have the Dick Cavett Show. Oh, yeah. Which is a, kind of a terrifying experience. <laughs> he's he's in full soul mode. He had not released Young Americans yet, nothing off of there, but he had recorded most of it. Um, and so, he's there, and he's coked out of his mind. Oh, yeah. Like, this, 74 is really when the cocaine starts. 74, is this 75, 76, those are his cocaine so what, years. So, what's the number one cocaine year? I'd say 75. Okay, right That's where he's getting into stuff where he doesn't even remember. He doesn't remember. Yeah, like, he doesn't station, remember recording. Because he's doing so much cocaine <laughs> And Saves of was released in 76, but it was recorded in 75. I just want you to know that I'm prepared not to remember recording this podcast right now. Because of all of of the American ale I'm drinking. Mm. You know how it is. Just green silos. Last year I got started. This year I'm full raging. Next year I'll regret it all. (laughs) Yeah, 76, he worked on getting out of it. 77, he's falling into it. 74, he's falling into it. Okay. So he's on the Dick Cavett Show. Yeah. He's just terrifyingly thin. Like, he's got a cane as kind of a prop because he he's got kind of a swagger to him yeah, at time. So he's he's a time. He's looking pimp. like. He yeah, like he, a oh, pimp. yeah. He looks kind of like a pimp. He does. Um, what a pimp. But he also clearly needed it. I don't know about that on the show, but there's other times. He clearly needed this walking stick. He needed so. the cane? I think so. I don't. The oh. guy had no, like, nothing. There's nothing to him. Was he was famously in 75 was living on cocaine and milk and peppers. Oh. Like, that's a. According to somebody, that was like all he was consuming. That sounds like the least healthy thing I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, the least healthy, probably. Uh, what vegetable? There's less healthy things than that. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just saying, when coming down to the welcome least welcome to healthy the new game, game show, <laughs> what's, li- <laughs> what's what's <the> least <laughs> healthy thing you can imagine with there? <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty. I mean, just imagine the heartburn you would have all the time. (laughs) Just that alone. The cocaine season, right? Milk and peppers? No. Cocaine makes it worse, doesn't it? I don't know. The milk, you know. Maybe heroin makes it go away. (laughs) I don't know. This is all conjecture, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Probably just cocaine. Just cocaine. Take the peppers out. Milk and cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there, yeah, I won the game The, pepper. <laughs> <laughs> the peppers were so good they were, That they just pulled them uh, out of the abyss As a vegetable They have some kind of health out of it, I'm assuming <sighs> Makes me sick Anyway, in the middle There was this sweet documentary called Cracked Actor Yeah, about. I've heard of that I was going to say, this is kind of a famous one It's I never it been officially released on anything But it's um, It's good and so it's got some footage from his tour that year, and it's like the only available footage from that time. It's got some really interesting interviews with him in America. He's, he's not, I don't, you can tell that Coke is coming on. Like, this is coming before the Dick Cabot show, where he's, oh, he's doing like the constant sniffing on the Dick Cabot show, oh, too. Oh, yeah, the sniffing. Oh, yeah, he's there. He's there, baby. <laughs> uh, in <laughs> exactly. Craft Dacker, he's still, I feel like he's still in... Like transitioning into it. He's still very lucid and very like intelligent. So he's got a lot of interesting thoughts about What is these. the what is the point of it? Just like here's Bowie now, kind of a thing? I think basically, yeah, to give a picture, because he's so I think it's easy for us to forget how what how he was perceived in yeah. these new markets when he's still exploding, he was still and he wasn't gigantic in America yet. He was he was getting there, but he got bigger around the, the soul period is what actually really exploded him in America. Okay. So not even Ziggy. No, I mean, Ziggy was there, but it wasn't everything yet. It wasn't huge. But it's him, I think it's just like trying to understand these different guises, because he was such a mystery and such an enigma Yeah, at the time, and it's kind of strange to think about that. I don't know, because it's so, like, this type of pop star is more common now, and it wasn't as common then, I think. Sure, yeah, he invented a lot of that crazy costumes stuff. and the Well, and there wasn't and the a way characters to get, there wasn't a way to, like, know somebody's entire life or history. No, or no. I mean, Dylan was then. just as much of a mystery yeah. in a totally different way, but, like, people didn't even know where he was born or what his real name was. Right. For, like, years. And partially, it's because the two of them, you know, both these guys were good at lying bold basically Obfusc- like, to, to the media. Obscucating. And self-mythologizing. Obscucating the truth. Uh, yep. <laughs> Go. So, correct actor is a good I managed to watch the whole thing. It's never gotten an official home release, but I wonder it's why I've heard of that if it's never like been out. I know there. it's it's a fame it's just kind of a documentary cult anyway, it's kind thing. of a cult thing. All right. It's available, you know, readily on YouTube. Well, this is a good comments. enough time as any to tell you that I've joined a cult. Hey, well good for you, Jim. <clears> thanks, man. Are you in charge or are you No absolutely not. Oh, good. No, nope, but I'm ready to I'm ready to do whatever the um, charismatic figure that's the leader of the cult tells me to do right now. In fact, we might have to stop this podcast if it says right. so. I know. Okay. <laughs> Ask the charismatic leader of your cult. My, I'm telling you to keep podcasting right my now. My favorite band is The Cult. <laughs> As of now. All right, let's talk about Diamond Dogs, Jake. Shall let's we dust things down. Shall we talk about Diamond Dogs? Let's uh, transform into kind of some kind of dog-human hybrid. That's gross, but and yes. go into a future dystopian world. Can we talk about how disturbing the album cover is to Diamond Dogs? Should, should we do that early? I was going to yeah. wait on that, but well, we can get into that I've now. I've thought of it, so <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so the cover, if you're not familiar with this, you can look it up while listening. It's just weird. The cover's got him, you know, topless. Mm. Like laying Tasty. out. Tasty. He's really skinny <laughs> and gross. He's got really the Ziggy skinny. Stardust hair still. Yep. Yeah. And plenty of makeup, because he's always wearing makeup in those days. Yeah. And you can only see him until about his waist. He's like laying down with some, There's a poster, like a freak show type poster in the background. Yeah, it's like a circus some. or something kind of a thing. And then you open up the gatefold. Oh, I don't, yeah, 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 yeah. No, and his bottom half is a dog. <laughs> it's a dog's bottom half. And it's notable, I have, I have some, some uh, notes in here, because the original painting, it's a painting. Okay. And the original painting features, you know, an anatomically correct dog. Oh. Bottom half. With a, you know, what it was, uh, they airbrushed out the naughty bits. Oh no! But later re-releases, yeah, because the world needed that (laughs) for sure. Yeah, this is the first of two, at least two. I'm just thinking of two off the top of my head. Bowie covers where the naughty bits were were airbrushed. Oh, (laughs) so that's officially a weird situation. Tin Machine 2 had some Naughty Bits. Oh but those were like tin ancient... Machine 2? Ancient, ancient sculptures. Oh, oh. Ancient nude sculptures.
1: You, and mean, they, and the, they ma- you
0: mean the members of the band? Because <laughs> uh, they were older? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> they were ancient sculptures. Oh, I thought you were making a joke about members. <laughs> no, I'm making a joke about how old the guys with the Naughty Bits would have been. Oh, you know, mish- middle-aged Naughty if Bits. It would have been better if it was a joke about the members. Yeah, that's, old. that's too smart for me. Okay, well... We got there anyway. So. I went with old man penises. <laughs> That's what I went with. <clears throat> Can we please call them naughty bits? <laughs> this is all I mean to be very uncomfortable. <laughs> Me too. Just like the cover of Diamond Dogs. Exactly. We circled back around. Oh, nice theme. So, Diamond Dogs is a new character for Bo. You know, he played all these different characters in records. And it's one of his notable ones. It's Halloween Jack. Mm hmm. Mm mm-hmm. um, This feels like less of an extension of Ziggy, whereas Aladdin Sane felt like pretty much Ziggy goes to America. Um, Ziggy gets Aladdin team. insane. Well, that is where the joke is. I mean, <laughs> they did that on purpose. <laughs> um so most of Diamond Dogs is made up of uh leftover tracks for the abandoned Ziggy Stardust and 1984 musicals. Okay. So like Rebel Rebel, that was supposed to be part. That was a song, a new song written for the Ziggy Stardust musical. Oh. And so I love that song. Rebel Rebels is a giant song, it's one of his yeah, biggest big hit. hits of all big time. Hit. You know, one of his biggest songs. But then the back half of the album in particular has, I mean, songs including Big Brother, a song called Big Brother, a song called 1984. Like, there's some pretty striking that have, right in there connected to 1984. Does that have anything to do with the Eurythmics version? They did the soundtrack for the movie. But we was asked to do that, that soundtrack and he didn't do well, it. Well, maybe that's why he, he was asked no. to do it. Oh, probably. Because they wrote a song called 1984 right. Big Brother. 1984. Bad, sex lies because they finally made a movie version. In, yeah, and yeah, I guess it was terrible. Oh, no, never saw. Neither did I. Okay. not I heard it was bad. <laughs> Welcome to Eurythmics vs. George Orwell <laughs> versus <laughs> Bowie. George Orwell wins. George Orwell always wins. He always wins. He told Big the Brother wins, Jake. So That's just like 1984, Diamond Dogs is total dystopian. Like this, it's kind of a loose concept album. I mean, it can't help but be when. Part of it was, you know, meant to be a musical. Sure. but Because <laughs> so. all musicals are dystopian. Everyone knows that. <laughs> well, you know, all musicals based on 1984 are. I guess so. I guess they would um, have you to know, be. The, one of the most famous dystopian stories of all time. If not the most. If not the most, maybe. Could be. Uh, it's pretty, I would say, I would describe it as drug crazed. Dystopian and drug crazed. <laughs> I feel like you've used There's, drug crazed on this pod. To try to it's them. not. Oh, yeah. I've coked up. Uh, it's not clear what all of this is. Like i I was trying to figure out what the Diamond Dogs are, and it seems like there's different interpretations. My original one it seemed to me like they were dystopian prostitutes because, you know That's what Diamond Dog okay. That was my thought, you know. All right. And like that's uh, it got, shows up in, in Moulin Rouge. They call some of the prostitutes Diamond Dogs. Really? Oh, they talk about Bowie there's tons of Bowie references in Moulin Rouge. I haven't seen that. I'm surprised time. that guy was never not in it. Like He could have been, I guess. Oh he could have been. I'm surprised he wasn't. It seemed like something he would have done for sure. Well there's a uh, there's some I don't know there's a lot of stuff going on it's good let's get into the, the making of Diamond Dogs because it's, it's one of Bowie's <coughs> most solo of his solo albums okay his original plan was to play all instruments himself it was the first album where he did sole production on it um, it's the only one of his albums ever where he is credited as lead guitar really yeah he plays lead guitar how is it how would you rate it he's like solid. from zero to RONO how would you rate wow. it? wow he's no Rano. I'll well, be well, honest that's not sense. what I'm asking. No, he's solid. There's not like you know screeching guitar solos all over the place. Sure, it's tasteful. It's tasteful. I give it a six or seven. Yeah, you okay. It, you know, all right. Six point seven yeah, five. Let's yeah, go with yeah. that. So it's a good. It's a good album. I um I can't help but wonder like what like a commercial for Diamond Dogs would be like. I was trying to think of like <laughs> an audio. How they would sell it. Do you love dystopian prostitutes? <laughs> Do you like dog naughty bits on the cover of albums? <laughs> Do you do like you, a severely coked out Bowie? Do you like a severely coked out Bowie who weighs eighty four pounds? <laughs> if so... Do you want to listen to half of a musical based on nineteen eighty four, contrition, we cannot claim that we can be based on nineteen eighty four. George Orwell's but wife did not like. Then it. you are in for a real treat. Pick <laughs> up you Bowie's new album, Diamond Dogs. <laughs> I feel like buying it right now. <laughs> so I enticing. feel like buying it again. I already own it. So enticing. I can own it again. I bet you own it twice. Technically. Well. Did you get rid of your original version? I got rid got of the my the original version when I bought the ah, box set. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Well, that's the exact same thing, so I, I went for it. There's a, a two-disc deluxe edition out there somewhere that has yeah. some some stuff that I'll probably buy at one point in my life. More Diamond Dogs. More Diamond Dogs. More. now more. Diamonds. More, more Dogs. <laughs> that's a super creative title to that come up with. I mean, that doesn't sound familiar to me, but... <laughs> Well, it does to me. Uh, let's talk on tour, Jake. Can we? Let's talk about gigantic crazy sets and props and walkways and a cherry picker. <laughs> All of which featured in the Diamond Dogs tour. I was going to guess cherry picker. Cherry picker. He performed Space Odyssey, or Space Oddity, Possibly. while sitting in a cherry picker above the first six rows. Wow. While, well, like... With the phone. He looked like he was talking to a <laughs> phone, but it was actually a hidden microphone. He was talking to, to Major Tom. To Major Tom? Well, and sure. And he was Major Tom, and then talking to ground Both. control. Both. Which is a metaphor. Same for cherry al- picker. For though. alienation. Like most Absolutely. of his sci And for missing your wife in space. <laughs> I and mean, he don't think Bowie missed his wife in 1974 I'll be well, honest control. he had so many right. willing bodies to keep him warm no know? he was alright I don't want to know doing right. just that's fine. fine that's great so anyway this was a gigantic it was it's theorized it was the biggest like set like live show set did of Sky of to Am- at, at the time did he go to America he did go to America was this it? was all in America was it early in the year yeah alright Dylan had one of his biggest tours ever concurrently okay Bowie had it was a two hundred fifty thousand dollars set. Woo! Damn. They, uh, it was an extremely theatrical show. Like he had stuff set up for most of the band was backstage, which they got really mad about because he was he was treating it like a mu- I mean he was obviously fixated on musicals. I mentioned the two he worked sure. on. There was another one he was talking about that doesn't seem like anything ever happened that I cut because we were getting too many things in that. I could have added, easily added five or six. No, I would have got them all the opening session.
1: Well, it if they, even so in the wrong.
0: first half, you would have gotten them all right. Oh, yeah, it was hotter half, than a you know. pistol. <laughs> So he, like, there were things where they had, they had their, like, they were sending out the roadies, like, ahead of the show. Like, they were going out to the next date before Bowie had performed the one he was at. Really? To start getting things set up. Oh, my god! Before he even got there. It was crazy. It was nuts. And it was, was it not. successful? It was successful, but, okay. you know, they didn't make any money. Sure. This is one of those weird things, again, about touring at the time. Yeah. All touring right. at the time was about, it was advertising for the yeah. album. You made the money off the album. Nowadays... You make your album off the tours. Well, Dylan has something to say about that later. Okay. But you'll see why. We'll get off. to it. I'll We'll listen. see why. But this was like, it was a crazy, out-of-control thing. Like, the set was so huge. Bowie's uh, management company at the time was, was called Main Man, and they were nuts. They were just spending money like nobody's business. I'll, I'll admit Jake. I know you are a fan of Parks and Rec. I and am. And I've, I've been watching it lately, too. I want to say it. that's my favorite sitcom or comedy show ever. Ever? Wow. Cool. Yep. Oh, that's wow. what I've decided. So, yes, I'm a fan. <laughs> anyway, um, it reminds me of Entertainment 720. <laughs> yes. When Tommy starts up his own company, it just makes no sense. And John and Raphael. Had... Oh, yeah, and John Raphael. <laughs> anyway, that's what it reminds me of John Raphael. It's crazy. Yeah. John Raphael. John Raphael. So, okay, I'm like going long here. So, I'm yeah, um, going to wrap things up just Rappet. a little bit. There was a live album based on the Diamond Dogs. Now, the first half of the Diamond Dogs tour was this big crazy thing, they banned it halfway through. Partly because uh, things were just out of control. It was so difficult to keep it sure. Dwelling. Can't Also because Bowie was getting into soul. And so oh, the yeah. second, this is kind of those funny things, is the second leg, he had moved full bond into the soul mode and was performing this Diamond Dogs album in soul mode, getting ready for <laughs> it. The <laughs> album that hadn't even come out yet. They would recorded half he of it He got already. restless in They them. recorded half of Young Americans already. But there was a live album based on the first half called David Live. Yeah. It was Bowie's first official live album. Uh-huh. It was not very well-received. Oh. We'll come back to that when we actually... It was a kind, release. We count out. It was a release, okay. yeah. We'll, uh, it was recorded and released in 74, so we'll get into that. And uh, yeah, we already mentioned blah, 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 blah. So let's do the year in hair, and hand things over. All right. We had a double year in hair because it's a transition year. Kay. Start of the year, he's still in kind of that ziggy mode, the bright red mullet. Yeah. That thing is awful. I, I mean, I love me some Bowie, and I love his music of the period. But, but that's that, one of the worst. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Later on, Looks like, like a this coked point. out Ronald McDonald. <laughs> 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 I like think Ronald McDonald is a coked out Ronald McDonald. He might be. He's terrifying. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. We'll give it one or two or something. I don't know. So, you're not going negative on yours in here, huh? This is the No, it's got its own ridiculous <laughs> scale that makes no sense. Just so that everyone can not understand. No, what's it happening. doesn't count towards Great. anything. All right, so it's pretty low. Later on. Oh, yeah. Well, even from his tour on, he had moved into this kind of fluffy soul period where it's kind of like fluffed up a little bit it's uh, it's two toned What's a, what are the colors kind of blonde and red in okay in preparation this is what he would end up doing with uh, Station to Station also oh yeah sure but Station to Station was slicked back It'll oh yeah up. oh yeah this is I know it's kind of okay it's like a three or something okay <laughs> I feel like you're in here now that we're in person and we can, uh-huh. we can really get down to brass tacks about it <laughs> I feel like urine hair is the most ridiculous scoring system we've had. And that's saying that's something. I don't even try. I don't no, you're try. just like, yeah, it's a seven <laughs> out of three. And my hand, it's always about a five. So but. in January, it's like a four. And by November, we get yourselves a negative 42. <laughs> every time Charlie makes up a new rating system for the urine hair, We're take, take a drink. A drink. <laughs> so you're going to be drunk. Buddy. You're going to take one drink uh-huh. every show. Yep, take one drink Only every one. show. <laughs> okay, are you? <laughs> are you handing it off to me? You know why not? Uh, why let's not? Hey, that was. You know what? I know it took thirty minutes, but that was actually pretty concise. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it we, was a big year. I know it was, it was, it was though. Year. I'm not making fun of you. I think it was. It was a big I'm year. I'm trying to give you a compliment for once. Most I least. know you can't tell because I'm always sarcastic. But <laughs> do we need to have a hug right here in front of? Yeah, let's, get right, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. it. Uh, Bring it in. Oh gosh. Great to see you. All right, the double thug. Great to see Mike you. Like Jake. I haven't seen Chaz for a year and a half. It's no. it's felt like in person. It's felt like three months at least. Gosh. <laughs> when are you leaving again? <laughs> when are you be back? Saturday. <clears throat> when are you gonna shut up? <laughs> <laughs> well, my segment's done. So all have right, nineteen seventy four, Bob Dylan. That's the guy I like. Um, he also had <laughs> I I heard of him before. He also had a transitory year. Um, transitory or transition? Transit. Transitory? What's the difference? Transitory. Isn't that a word? I think it is, but I don't. In my head, it's his know. year was transitory. Oh, or, I was thinking of transient. No. All right, transient. you go. You keep going. No, I, no he was definitely. I, I withdraw my. Uh, he's had my transient rejection. years before, but this yeah. is not one of them. So uh, there's and a will big again s- in the future. Okay. There's a big saga, (laughs) Chaz, (laughs) that really belongs to 1973, so I'll wait um, to explain the whole thing. But Dylan left Columbia Records briefly. He did? Yes, in 1973. um, They got mad at him because he stopped releasing albums that were instant classics. Mm. They were classics, but not instant classics. And they weren't Blonde on Blonde and Dylan felt like they weren't pushing his albums anymore or helping him he, also he wasn't touring at all so he was like mm. not not really helping himself he, he, made got, up, he made up for it later on by, well he made and up for and it We're stopping <laughs> exactly he, uh, he was like here Columbia how's this <laughs> I've been touring 30 years yeah um, and uh, so So he went to David Geffen's fledgling record label named Asylum Records, Hmm. which you may have heard of. Yeah. You know, they released some stuff. I can't remember what else they released. But they were not doing very well, and so Bob Dylan, you know, friend to all the rich white guys at this point, (laughs) decided to go on over there and show Columbia what was what. So uh, David Geffen and his Asylum Records um, released Bob Dylan's 1974 album with the band, credited on there, I think. Oh, it just does say Bob Dylan. Anyway, it's with the band. It's called Planet Waves. are you, the band. Hey, band, we don't care about you, the band. Uh, This was recorded in November 1973. This was going to be the first album that Bob Dylan recorded and released outside of Columbia Records. They had done him dirty and released the horrible compilation album called Dylan. In Dylan. 1973, because he refused to deliver them instant classics. So they Didn't decided another, to release. Wasn't one, of, wasn't one of his best dubs? Just yeah, like the, 2000, the 2010 version That's was confusing. named. Yeah, but it's not, because one of them is probably his worst record, and mm-hmm. the other is a greatest hits compilation. I don't know if you know the difference between those two things. But. Wait, they're good and bad years of uh, Dylan here. Tell me more about those. Yeah, ones. so um, I don't know the percentage. All I see when I think of Dylan yeah. is Bowie dominance. Like I have this image in my brain of Bobby like punching Dylan in the face, (laughs) yeah, over and over again, right? But who's alive right now? Wow! Whoa! Whoa. That got real dark. This gets dark fast, just like Dylan in 1974. This is the only studio album that Bob Dylan recorded with the band, despite them being his Mm. most, uh, you know, famous backing band. That's shocking. It's I'm I'm shocked. shocked. Are you shocked? I'm so shocked. All right. Uh, they recorded it I'm very not quickly. It yet, Jake. Hold on. Oh. Okay, now I can go. You're, you're better? Well, I was still shocked. I wasn't ready to re- keep going yet. Okay. But now I am. Are you in shock or just shocked? <clears throat> no, I'm just shocked. Okay. I'm ready now. Uh, they recorded it really fast in three days. It has a really loose feel. It's very immediate. It's live sounding. It's uh, it's not raw, necessarily, or like unfinished. It sounds good. Uh, but it's kind of improvisatory. And Are the there band, tasty licks? Oh, there's lots of tasty oh, licks. God. Robbie go. Robertson of the band is just... Made of Tasty Licks. Okay. Yeah. He dines out on Tasty Licks all the time. <laughs> I mean, his name is kind of similar to Ronson, so I assume that gives him some It's like of power. there's Ron Ronson some, and some Robbie Robertson. Of, <laughs> some of his powers. And wait a His minute. name isn't Mick, so that is. Maybe race. they're the same person. Have we ever thought of that? No, no one's, I one's it, English, I think one's Ronson American. Works with, later on, works with Dylan later on. That's true. They're probably in the same room <clears throat> together. We think. Um, Dylan wrote a bunch of songs, which were good. And uh, the band elevated these songs. It's a pretty good album, Chance. Hey, and it was not pretty good. It was not What's well received. It's called Planet Waves. It was going to be called Ceremonies of the Horseman, <clears throat> which is actually a callback to a previous Dylan song. Whoa, I know. Which would have been unprecedented and very weird because he's not, you know, uh, he's not prone to looking back and sort of like bringing things back. Okay. But he was going to name for it. Bring things back home. Bring it, bringing it all back. Bringing all back. Bringing all back and all of it. All that stuff. <laughs> bringing it, it all, all back, home. back home. Back home. Okay, and uh, it seemed the material seemed to be sort of personal, and this was sort of a first for him as well. In that, uh, he was talking about you know what appeared to be either his wife or maybe some other women. Mm. He was having some. He was having some affairs. We'll get to mm. that later. Not FD. in detail. Did he make albums for them or, or start making albums? No, did just songs. Start, he, did he tell, <laughs> tell people he was going to make albums for them? No, Dylan doesn't have a game show for this year. I would. Okay. Hey, Dylan tended, especially from this point forward, tended to just spit out whatever it was that he was thinking about okay. and just put it out there, baby. <laughs> it's out there! <laughs> it's out there. Um, so what he was thinking about this year was getting back out on the road. And he wanted to go and do a big tour, which I'll talk about now. He did a huge tour in 1974. Okay. There was a burgeoning nostalgia for the 60s, which had just started to happen. That's and weird. Dylan was already being pegged as a legacy act. In 1974, people, people are 1974. already like, nostalgic for the 60s? Yeah, they're already like, we want old Dylan. We want old Dylan. We don't want new Dylan. We don't care about new Dylan. <laughs> That's what they were chanting. <laughs> That for a catchy chance. they got to work on that. No. So there's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> they got something, you know, really. Dylan be killing. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. Kill new Dylan. <laughs> Resurrect old Dylan. How's that? Resurrect is not a snappy. <laughs> Resurrect. Resurrect. <laughs> Uh, He was working with Bill Graham, who was the very famous. Don't change, don't change. Change is scary, change is scary. How dare you, how (laughs) dare you. Um, Dylan had been raising his family in Woodstock, New York. All the stuff we've talked about in the past, you know, Mm -hmm. the basement tapes. He recorded, you know, some pretty chill, some pretty weird albums, self portrait, um, all kinds of things like that. So he wanted to make a comeback. Um, and so he decided to get back on the, out on the road with, you guessed it, The Band. The Band! David Geffen wanted another record because he worked with Bill Graham. Dylan worked with Bill Graham to promote this tour, which people were thirsty for
1: mm, some Dylan.
0: So thirsty. So thirsty. They but hated it. like night. I am for this. For ben that. Paddle Brewing Company Adventure Pills. For that Pilsner slash Lager. If anybody who makes beer wants to sponsor this podcast, we're mm-hmm. mm. all for it. We'll drink it on air, probably to the detriment of the podcast. <laughs> no, but to the benefit of your brand. But to the <laughs> because nothing says buy this beer like it'll get you drunk during a podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Bill Graham reported that 12 million applicants were on were were trying to get tickets for 658 thousand total tickets for this American tour. Wow. There were, mm. fo- it was a 40-day nice tour one. in 21 cities. So he kind of knocked it out real quick. A, um, a writer, and I thought this was interesting, <clears throat> Excuse me, described this as a so- sociological event versus a musical one because people were so revved up to see Dylan and the band yeah. again, yeah. whereas they were screaming Judas at him in 1966. <laughs> Which but to be fair, he did uh, crash his motorcycle oh, yeah, and yeah, pretend yeah. that he was more hurt than he was in order to get out of the American tour that year. That would have been in 66. He was supposed to tour America, mm-hmm. but then he crashed his bike. And that was supposed to be, that was going to be gigantic. So people were, have been thirsty since then. He had never toured since then. I am want to check up before the next podcast so I can get on a scene. <laughs> you know what? You should have no, done did that. Did I say that out loud? You should have, you said the quiet part loud, my friend. <laughs> and you should have done that before we met up today. You're <laughs> to crash my family vehicle on the way here. With all, no, don't do that. I have more just regard. Pretend, pretend I have more regard you. for your wife and your kids than you seem to. Why don't you go sledding down a down a mountain? Yeah. <laughs> Do that. I mean, my face will start looking like yours. If I get Do like the... yeah, something. Well, you couldn't uh, smell any worse. So there's that. We've made it quite a ways in here about uh, to, before making any comments about each other's smell. That's because I've right? been plugging my nose the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, speaking of stinking, you're the older one. Why? <laughs> why am I the mature one? You made me this way. I was so mature before you came along. I was you were, almost when two. You were two. I was really on my way. I had a career all lined up. It's gonna be great as a podcaster. So, <laughs> in the future. Uh, so, speaking of things that ended up stinking a little bit. <laughs> Um, Bob Dylan's nineteen seventy-four tour with the band. Hey uh so there are a lot of questions about how he would hold up and how he would do and would he be able to fulfill all these expectations. And weirdly, he did fulfill the expectations because people loved the shows as they were happening. But almost immediately Bob Dylan got bored with this with this project. Because he was uh This is a similarity between our two between our two guys he did. He, like, sit still. They can't even make it through, you know, yeah. a three month tour or something and they're yeah, and and the thing here and I sure and that. I and I actually applaud him a little bit for this because I would I can imagine how he felt, I guess, um in a much smaller way is that uh he was just playing old songs and he was kind of reworking them and this was the first time a paying audience had seen him play his old songs live, you know, he went, you know, blowing in the wind and all that kind of mm. stuff, like all that Going stuff way back. Was, yep, like a Rolling Stone, Highway 61 revisited. I'm holding the live album that they ended up putting out on okay. Asylum Records. And I'm just reading some of these things. Um, that one's credited to the band. It is. Bob Dylan and the band right there at the top. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he didn't want to do that. He he immediately sensed that he was being pegged as like an oldies act already. That's so weird. Like, it is think weird. Think about that. Yeah. He's like 12 years into his career. Yep. He's an oldies act. 14 years. now, 12. Whatever. Yep. And so he started not giving a poop about his performances. And he wasn't, like, you know, not singing or turning his back. Like, he tried, to give it, he tried to give it some energy, but he ended up just shouting all of the lyrics. That was his... I don't think he did it on purpose. I just think that's how he was being lazy. Okay. There's kind of a... There's, there's a special thing that Dylan does, especially in these days, during his performances. And I've talked about it a little bit on the Rolling Thunder review. It's something yeah. that nobody really likes... Um, but can be a little bit different based on, you know, how good the music is. He, he does this arena shout. He, like, shouts everything, and he does everything, like, too fast or too slow. Uh-huh. And it just doesn't sound very good. I, um, <clears throat> I put it on yesterday or the day before, and our mother, saint that she is. Still such a saint. Yep. Her name's Nancy. She said it felt forced, and I feel like he's shouting at me. <laughs> Which that's is what she, she said. Says, and my wife, Brooke, uh, definitely agreed. She said that something was missing and that it didn't sound like they were trying very hard or he was trying very hard. Interesting. And I think it's really interesting to think like there's a, that's almost uh, entirely an aesthetic difference. There's something yeah. like, it's almost like spiritual. It's like something was missing from the performances despite the band was ripping it up. They seemed to be having a good yeah. time. It was all Dylan. Oh, Dylan. All Dylan. Now, I want to read something from, I'm, I'm going to whip out some of my... Some of my research here. Mm. Okay, I thought this was interesting. Usually, we don't talk about things that are actually interesting. We just make fun <laughs> of each other, but I thought that this was interesting. So, on page two two thirty five, blinding over here. So, <laughs> if you need to get some fresh air, I'm open the window. You know what the podcast audience wants to hear. This, I don't care if it's you Winter, will. Wisconsin. All right. So, Bob Dylan said in nineteen eighty. And he, was, he ended up describing some, uh, his own performance. I thought this was interesting. He says, when Elvis did That's Alright Mama in 1955, it was sensitivity and power. In 1969, it was just full-out power. There was nothing other than just force behind it. I've fallen into that trap too. Take the 1974 tour. It's a very fine line you have to walk to stay in touch with something once you've created it. Either it holds up for you or it doesn't. Ooh, Bob Dylan had some thoughts. That's some nuance, if you ask Ooh, me. Yeah. Wow, what do you think about that? We're not famous for our nuance on this podcast, but so here we go. So he had he had to do this. He had to keep going. He couldn't quit. But he just he mailed it in. This is this is the uh, uh, this is the this is what happened. And unfortunately, he had a double live album called Before the Flood come out from this very tour. They recorded it during the last three nights of the performance, Chaz. Oh. So he was at his shoutiest. No one it He was at his most Quite bored. Like at the end of the tour. He was already thinking about what it was that he wanted to do for, you know, Blood on the Tracks. Yeah. He was trying to move on, kind of like Bowie, you know, ended up being like a soul singer by the end of it. Yeah. Dylan did everything the same. It just sounded worse and worse and worse as the tour went on. Okay. Or it, like, more and more, like, spirit was missing from the performances. Mm-hmm. So, in a, you know, I'll, I'll give it points later. Um, but... Okay, so I should go back and say that Planet Waves debuted at number one in the US. It was the very first number one album, Bob Dylan's. But it ended up selling disappointingly. Bob was going to name it Ceremonies of the Horsemen, but then he decided not to, which delayed it until it came out two weeks into the tour. And then they didn't play any of the songs from the new album on the tour. (laughs) So way to misuse a tour on that. (laughs) Nice one. Yeah, so it didn't sell very well. It ended up going gold, but that's like nothing back in those days. Uh, Number 21 in the UK. uh, Before the Flood, the live album came out. Number 3 in the US, it's a double. And number 8 in the UK. That ended up going platinum, but again, there's two discs in there. Um, So, what ended up happening... Uh, one more weird performance thing. He played for a Friends of Chile benefit concert. I guess they were having some sort of civil war or some sort of dictator problem at that time um, with his old friend Phil Ox. And uh, he ended up getting, going backstage. He was one of the last ones to perform because he was the most famous. And he got hammered and he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, just like I about there. <laughs> that should be the subtitle getting hammered and sucking. I'll drink to that. Seventy-four. Hey, Ding. hey, let's do that a little closer to the mic. Mm. Boom. We just, we just. Don't, cheers the cans. Cans. Don't cans. Make oh, very good, cans uh, come on. I know. We had bottles. This wouldn't happen. Okay. Be like more like bottles. Cans. Come on. Can you be more like a bottle? Can you play your hits, buddy? <laughs> we'll just play your hits. Cans. Shut up and play the hits. Shut up. We don't care. Uh, I thought a very. One more very interesting thing happened to Bob in 74. So he took care of all this stuff early that I've already talked about. He was done with the album, the tour, all that stuff by about May. Now, Bob Dylan decided, instead of returning to his family in Woodstock, he decided to go live in New York City. Ministers? Yeah, many many of them. He'd kick around Greenwich Village again, see if he could reclaim some old magic. He was definitely feeling, uh, feeling some stirrings of something. He wasn't happy anymore, and he wanted to go I mean, and like have crisis? some affairs. <laughs> yeah, but he was like thirty-five or something. <laughs> I mean, Bob had a lot of life lit, led by this point. Um, he ended up falling under the uh, temporary spell of a guru and a painter named Norman Rabin. I'd never heard of this. I don't know this story. I thought you were going to say Norman Rockwell for a second. <laughs> <about you. laughs> no, don't I got be confused. There. I got it. So the reason that he liked Norman Rabin is he um, this Norman fellow. He did painting classes, but they weren't really painting classes. They were really, like, lifestyle classes and sort of, like, self-help classes. Mm. He talked a lot about connecting beauty and your heart, and your brain, and your eyes to make, you know, um, to make artistic visions and stuff like that. Okay. And it could come out in painting or it could come out in songwriting or something like that. Anyway. Or in shouting your way through <coughs> a concert tours Well, he was done with this. that. So he was not going to do that anymore. Oh, okay. He wanted a new paradigm he, his voice hurt from shouting so much, Jazz. And <laughs> did you s- think about going into soul music for some reason? Nope. Okay. Well, maybe you did. Maybe I that's probably Proud probably probably like yeah, these are my golden <laughs> years. <laughs> golden years. Shoo <laughs> <Chihuahua>. up, <laughs> Uh Dylan went to this. Dylan went to uh, these classes for three months, for eight hours a day, five days a week, and wow. it was sort of his first. I. I I, I connected it to when he became a Christian. Yeah. It sort of became like his first religion. Like, he kind of got into this. Um, I think the reason that he liked it is this Norman person didn't treat him like a celebrity. So this Norman person invited every, everyone in that wanted uh-huh. to come, and he was incredibly mean to everyone. He called everyone Idiot. I guess that was his name. You know? Wait, Dylan did that or the teacher did that? The teacher did that. Oh! So Dylan was not a celebrity. So Dylan not... was like out Dylan. Yeah, and he loved it. <laughs> he didn't wanna be he didn't wanna be special or a celebrity in this place. He wanted to learn something and to grow personally okay. without being treated right. like a special case. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm sure even his friends and stuff were like, Whoa, that's Bob Dylan by this point yeah right but this guy wasn't he's like you're an idiot Whoa. <laughs> now make something artistic out of your life which is what exactly what he was looking for now Dylan said later that this is when he and Sarah Dylan his wife at the time had started having problems oh, because okay. he was coming back with all this new personal growth and he said that she never understood him after this and it was the beginning of the end for their marriage unfortunately the truth is more like he was having a bunch of affairs <laughs> and he didn't want to be with his family anymore <laughs> <laughs> so, so, whop, whop. <laughs> so it probably all went hand in hand. So Dylan, um, yeah, come on, man, let's not. I know, let's not be a. Well, he was here, self-justifying. Okay? I'm not justifying what he what no, he was doing. No, uh, but he did uh, apply these painting techniques, quote unquote, to his songwriting, and it resulted in Blood on the Tracks, the song okay. on the Tracks, which all I right. said just last episode is probably his best songwriting, pure songwriting. So you know, he just so had to leave his family and have he needs a bunch to do of do it again now. <laughs> I think he's probably at all the fairs. He's he got right out. for a comeback. I know he is. He's I know. So ready. I'm ready. It's been a while. He's. I'm ready, ready for another one. It's time. Oh, you know he is. It's time for the old man comeback album. Right. I mean, he's been around so long, he can sabotage himself for like ten years and then come back on purpose. Just to do oh, it, man. You're you got a twinkle in your eye. Just oh, I'm ready, your I'm so ready. <laughs> you're just like dreaming of what could happen. They thought that uh, "Time Out of Mind" was the mortality record, but boy, could he write a mortality record now? <laughs> He's, super now. He's super old. He's super old. He's almost 80. Okay, uh, <laughs> and still touring. I think we can move on. I don't think I have anything left. All right, Bob Dylan in '74. Let's do some points. Friend. Throw up some points. here for Bowie. Yeah, whatever. It oh. always is. Well. It's bigger than than average, U.J. That's not true. Let's start with a little record by the name of Diamond Dogs. Let's do it. It's a big record. It's a big album. It's one of his best-known albums, one of his most iconic covers, one of his most iconic Rebel Rebels on there, one of his his most iconic songs, along with the title track, which is also very iconic. Mm -hmm. Um, And above all, it's it's really good. It's a really good album. Um, Most people would put it up there, you know, one of his very best. I think I rank it a little lower than the average person. Okay. Um, it feels slightly inconsistent to me, and there's one song I really can't stand on it. That hurts. It's a little song by the name of Rock and Roll With Me. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. When you rock and roll with me, there's no one else I'd rather be. No one else oh. can do it for me! Wait, this I'm gonna. This is a, the lyrics. This I'm in tears again! This is a copyrighted When print you reckon, it, <laughs> It's so overblown, it's so like, <laughs> come on, man! It's just it's just like, it's right in the middle of the album, it just kind of messes things it up. just for poops me. all over the album. I know. I hate when that but happens. But most people don't hate that song, so it might just be a personal thing. But it. it I have problems. I have trouble. It's difficult. Anyway, the album is awesome overall. Okay. There's this really great uh, three-song sweet at the beginning, sweet thing candidate, sweet thing reprise, with kind of a, totally. I don't know, I think it's, you know, falling in love with a prostitute and dystopian world. That's as far <laughs> as I can tell. I don't know. It's, it's that's what called. That's what everything's about. Well, you know, we you got something good. So I personally, we, we, by the way, in case you don't remember, we have a complicated <laughs> point system. Um, the most important stuff is that the different things get different possibility of points and we allow negative points. If that's yep. really stinky. We sure do. So I'm given Diamond Dogs at a possible five. I'm given it a three. It's pretty good. Daddy. It's pretty high. It's pretty Okay. Cool. Hot. Hot dancer. Uh, next up is the tour. The tour is in two very distinct parts. The Diamond Dogs tour part was so theatrical and so important, so gigantic and apparently really good. It got you know, good reviews and everything. Um, the second leg of it was the Soul Tour which also got pretty good reviews but it's hard to tell because people were confused they were so confused when he came back for the second leg yeah. and was you know he was performing multiple songs from Young Americans before anyone even knew he was moving into the Soul it was people were confused Sure. but from what confused. I hear from people who are there and there is an album from that second period too it wasn't released of course in 74 it was released oh, in oh good 2017 um, but it's good too so he's getting a one, a one point for the tour One point. One point one point Okay. David Live, the live album. This is a little more complicated beast, and I've got some uh, some little... Is this the there. one where he looks dead on the cover? Yes, it is. Look, dead-looking cover and back cover <laughs> right there. <laughs> nice notes. The back cover, he looks even more dead than on the front cover. He looks awful. Yeah, he does. And this is before, well, still, yeah. he, was, he was moving into coke. This, uh, it was recorded, yeah, towards the end of the first leg. He looks terrible. I don't know why anyone chose that cover. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Um, it's not his it's not best, appealing. and it's apparently not his best—the best show of the tour or anything. The production isn't great. The mixing is really weird. And the like the whoever produced it—it's not good production. Almost all the stuff was fixed with a really excellent 2005 reissue, which had a completely new mix, and yeah. it sounds—it sounds so great after that. Um, it was poorly received at the time. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Mick Jagger hated it. Oh no! Mick Jagger Bowie? No! he would. Be- but we hey, Jagger. Get a, were, I got a quick question. They were total frenemies the yeah. whole their whole careers. I think Jagger was frenemies with every single person. <laughs> there was also a singer. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I got a quick question. Yeah, did had Bowie kicked Ronald to the curb in '74 yet? He sort of. It's oh. not as like as kicked to the curb as he yeah. You know it was because well, Bowie Dylan wrote he wrote three songs for Ronson's solo. Well, like, right, like, this was it. the direction. Ronson was going solo here. Yeah. Okay. Bowie made Diamond Dogs without him. It sounds like, but you're they were still to... performed together in the late in late 1973. It sounds like you're trying to blame Rano, which I can. I'm not abide. trying to blame Rano. Okay. I know Rano was upset about it. I'm sure. Upset. I'm sure Bowie was a total jerk. Don't, don't get me wrong. He probably doesn't remember but it. But it's not as like <laughs> as clean of a break as okay. people like to make it sound. Well, I don't like Bowie the... wrote three songs. For I don't his... like the well, truth like... on this podcast. I like to think you know the way I want to think about this. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, great. Because then great. Dylan swooped in like great. an angel in '75. Let's talk about David Live. Uh, this is a quote from Lester Bangs yeah. writing in Cream Magazine I love Lester Bangs. <clears throat> without all the gauche props and stage business the <laughs> recent live <laughs> album is a dismal flatulence <laughs> yes he was the best a dismal <laughs> flatulence <laughs> yeah, you know, I've never thought about we gotta work that one into future graphics I've never a thought dismal about flatulence, flatulence <laughs> being dismal before <laughs> it's just a sad fart <laughs> So, I don't think it's as bad as that. I think in contrast to what he'd been coming out with, like... Like, I think I think people were looking at this, because I didn't, I didn't need to say it, was Jagger said something to the effect of, you know, if he'd gotten the reviews that Bowie got on that album, he'd have shot himself or something. It was something outrageous <laughs> like that. Okay, come on, <laughs> well, I, Don't worry. I, I, if You'll I get... wasn't so vain, I would have killed myself. <laughs> don't worry, Jagger. You'll get way worse reviews later on. Just wait oh, for yeah, it. Oh, yeah, you just... Well, but not from Rolling Stone. They'll love you forever. So, I... It's not an amazing album, but it's it's still solid. I don't think it's as bad as they're saying. So, uh, so I'm gonna give it um, out of a possible three. I'm gonna give it a one. A one, okay. So it's not like a stellar, amazing showing, but it's worth something. Okay. Uh, and then finally, Jake. This is gonna be your favorite part of points, as always. Singles. Six singles. Uh, Seventy-four. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hey, we're podcasting in a bedroom with a bed. I'm gonna go sleep on it while you do these. <laughs> all right, first six up. Uh, uh, it's a song from Ziggy Stardust, which was released as a single in 1974 for no all right. reason. Sure.
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> rock and r-
0: It's rock and roll suicide. The keep final that train rolling. The final track. and They kept doing this. I don't think this is even the last one that just got released of Ziggy Stardust. Anyway, it's a really, really great song. But seriously, dude, it's why are we releasing singles from Ziggy Stardust Who knows? No, they shouldn't be. That's so bad. So, I'm going to give... Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a zero even. Because it just has no business being released in 1974. Great. Thank you for DJ. your honesty. Thank early, you for I your earlier honesty. Wrote, I really put down a half point, but honestly, what are we doing here? He's going to get a lot of points in other next years. Next up is East next East up is Rebel Rebel. <laughs> Oh, and Rebel okay. Rebel is a clear rocket to the top of the chart that's well, sure. a giant song it Obviously. clearly gets one point Yeah. Diamond Dogs likewise not as giant as Rebel Rebel but still a huge sure. song what was more iconic songs clearly yeah. one point perfect um, this third there were three singles from Diamond Dogs the third one was 1984 is a decent song interesting thing about 1984 and some of the album is you can see here, here's some of the transition in the album towards his next steps already there there's still a lot of glam in there so probably mostly glam. But there's some little, like, steps towards soul and some steps even towards disco. 1924's got a little, like, oh. disco string feel to it. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good song, not an amazing song. I'm going to get a half a point. All right. Next up, he had a single from <laughs> David Live. Oh, great. It's a song called Knock on Wood, which I did not bother to write down. It's a cover. I did not bother to write down who did it originally. So I'm going to look at it really quick. Well, is, I just that the, kind of is that the Knock on Wood? Vamp. Like, knock, knock, wood knock, knock, knock on wood. Knock, yeah, yeah it's it a knock, knock. Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. I didn't know he did that song. Let's see here. Let's see. It's written by Eddie Floyd and Steve Cropper and originally performed by Eddie Floyd. I think I knew that somewhere deep in the Yeah. Room. There's been a lot of versions of that song. Yeah. And both it. So anyway, that is... I'll give it zero points. It's an okay. okay song, but David Live is not an amazing album. Yeah. Uh, And so there we go. And finally... He had a follow-up single for David Live. <laughs> Great. It was Rock and Roll with Me Live. Oh, I can't, you get negative points for that. Yeah. So we will do. Come on, do me a solid. I'll do right. a dip solid. I was gonna only do negative point five, but I'll just solid one. Yeah. James, you, I'm doing for you. You already described how much you hated it. You can't. Yeah, I do. Possibly. No. I know. I'm like rethinking as I go here. You say it's like ruining Diamond Dogs for you, Partially and probably David funny. Live. I don't remember as much of David. I don't listen to David Live as much as I listen to Diamond Dogs. You know. So there we go, that is a total up. All right, what'd I gotta, you get? I gotta double check my points here because I changed yep. things slightly here. Right, right, right. Just take uh, a minute to add it up. Three, four, five, six, while I sip this brewski. Yeah, 6.5. That's, <gasps> that's still a big year. Dang, nab it. Yeah. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7.5 minus 1, yeah. Yeah, well, we knew the 60s would be this way. It's the 70s change. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what year is it now? <laughs> I feel like we're in a time machine. All right, so uh, Dylan's points—he didn't do too shabby. Um, he tried, you know. If he had, if he had worked a little harder on that live album, he pro- he would have he would have done well. Um, as it is, uh, let's give points to Planet Waves, mm-hmm. which I want to give a BVD award to Chaz oh. for the album I like most. More after having listened to it for this podcast. Whoa! Okay. Yeah. Right. I always I always liked it but I never put it on and now I think I'll put it on. Nice. I like it. I I'm like gonna it. I give a posthumous BVD award for the exact same thing for a Let's Dance. Let's Dance you like yeah. the most more. The most more after listening after to it listen, after this. being forced to listen to it for the podcast. The earth thing was up there too. Well, no, no, okay, I'm, not, I'm, I'm pulling all the words, and i got to think about it. This sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, it does. Okay, so there's some real good songs on here, um, including, which we didn't even mention yet, uh, a Forever Dylan classic named Forever Young. Oh, yeah, that's a huge song. Huge song, and it wasn't really a huge song at the time. Um, he wrote it um, honestly and um, quite, quite nicely for one of his sons. yeah it's an actual like there's actual feeling in it and it's not like sarcastic or about his audience or whatever (laughs) junk he ends up pulling out um so interestingly on the album he does a really slow careful version and then immediately after he does the rockin version which is famous so this is number six and seven on the album forever young back to back like it's back to back back to back interesting doesn't say reprise or anything it's just like here they are forever young forever young yep uh, he wrote a couple more songs that were probably about his marriage crumbling, or probably about one of the affairs he was having. Anyway, this is the band at their bandiest, pretty much. <laughs> They're real good. They banded it up. Their uh their They're reputation precedes them. They're banding together. They're like a band-aid for Dylan. Mmm. Huh? Uh? Mm. Nope. Anyway, it doesn't it kinda doesn't matter what Dylan's doing on here, even though he's very good. The band is like they're ripping it up. They sound great in this atmosphere, which is kind of, you know, loosey-goosey. And they're just so good together that they can, they can elevate the material. So I'm going to give the album out of a possible five. I'm going to give it a plus two. Nice. Yeah. Solid. Not too bad. Nothing, too, nothing wrong now, with a plus two. Not too, no, not at all. I thought about giving it a 1.75, but I'm not ready for... <laughs> I'm not ready for quarter points. I'm not ready for quarter points yet. I've held off. But I had to think about it for a while. James. Okay. I all wanted right. to know that. Uh, Before the Flood, the double live album, which is probably the worst possible recording of that tour, which was a success, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, despite Bob... He didn't sabotage it, he just didn't give it his all by the end. I really struggled with the points, and I'm still struggling. Would I think you describe it as uh, dismal fletchlands I would not. I would describe it as missing a piece. Missing well, not something. <laughs> how about Depressed sad? Depressed flatulence. How about s- <laughs> sad farts? <laughs> <laughs> instead of, would you describe it as farts? <laughs> uh, no. No. Okay. No. All right, all right. Just. Just. Yeah. I mean, Dylan may. Have, Dylan may have been dismally flatulating throughout it. <laughs> that might explain But it the me. band wasn't. So you know what? I'm. I'm changing. I had a. I had a negative one, but I'm going to give it a zero instead. Out of oh, a possible wow. plus three. Well. <sighs> I'm knocking my points down. You're rationing them right back up here, Jake. I'm not going to. You're going to make a play for it? I'm not going <laughs> to. No. Um, I give the tour. good faith, Jake. I am I, too. I am too. <laughs> I am too. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do a negative .5. All right. Fair enough. I'll Sorry. This isn't important to anything in the world at all, but it's important <laughs> to me to get it right. I won't put Somewhere it on out there. Dylan doesn't know or care. No, but, absolutely not. He but if care. he did know, he doesn't he care when care. he gets the Nobel Prize. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he care about this? <laughs> He's like, uh, "How much money is it?" No, oh, I'll be right there. Well, can I send a letter? Uh, the tour, which was a gigantic successful tour, in which he, you know, he did his part. So I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a plus point five. Okay because um, people were very excited about it. And, Chaz, uh, Bowie, or excuse me, Dylan has four singles this year. Dang. Yeah, hey. Almost up to Bowie standards. Why don't you set aside 20 minutes so I can describe <laughs> them all for you? <laughs> I Settle in. I'm do this real nice and quick, Chaz. Are you sure you don't need another real beer? Real nice and quick. Because it's going to take about that long. I do want another beer. <laughs> I do too. All right, so um, On a Night Like This, which is from the album Planet Waves. Yeah. Great song, plus one. Okay. Something there is about you is also from Planet Waves, not as great of a song, but not a bad song. So I give it a plus point five. Okay. he could have released Forever Young as a single. He could have released probably Forever Young means not a single. Not was a single. It was a single later on or anything. I don't know, but it did became. That, did somebody big like cover it? Is that? Where I it, think some big people covered it, and then um, I'm looking ta- while you're talking about something. I was talking about. with Mom and uh, Brooke. It was the. I don't think this is what made it famous at all, but it, it fit well within the show's construct. It was, it was the theme song to a show like one of those weepy um, nighttime soap shows. Mm, I, I got okay. sucked into watching it, and I liked it. And I can't remember what it's called. Parenthood. Remember that? No. We were watching it with mom when we lived here. It was like one of the things we watched together. Anywho. I'm watching that. Yeah, you you'll cry. Okay, crying saying, right now. Yeah, you are crying right now? Thinking about cause it? That's because you. you are a parent. It's of your stench. It's <laughs> a Rod Stewart <laughs> version. Okay. That was big. Yeah. Charted number twelve in the U.S. Yeah. So none of these, um, by the way, like really charted at all. Some of them are in the '30s or '40s. You know, uh, Planet Waves kind of it kind of landed with a thud, even though it's one of his best albums before before uh, Blood on the Tracks. Yeah. And it just got lost in the shuffle. He was yeah. a dummy about it. He he took weeks to rename it and didn't release it until the tour was already going. <laughs> and then he didn't play any of the songs on the tour. So nice one. Nice one. one. Okay, that having been said, he released two singles from the live album before The Flood. That's weird to think of like live album singles too. That's just something you don't see anymore. Yeah, it's true. You don't. Live albums aren't an event, you know. No, they, they, not they, at all. They used to just be, I mean, they're just albums. They were like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just kind of compendiums to whatever yeah. else. Um, so, well, oh, I should say that before the flood, I already gave it points. This was Dylan's first live album that he released. Oh, ever. This is Bowie's first live album. I too. know. Five five. That was a good that one. That was a good high five. Yeah. Worthy. Uh, so he released, now, stop me if you've heard this one before, he's released this as a single in some capacity, like, four times already. (laughs) Most likely you'll go your way, way and I'll go mine, live, from Before the Flood. Now, this is one of those patented Dylan things, especially with his live albums, where if you hear the single, if you hear one song, you kind of get excited, like, oh, this sounds pretty good. Yeah. You know? He's got a lot of energy on this one. You know? Ooh, ooh, that's great. And then when you listen to the album, it all kind of falls apart because it all sounds the same. (laughs) I mean, that's what singles are for, is to get you excited and want to buy something. Exactly. But then when you hear the album and it's all exactly the same, um, then you're not as excited. But when you first hear that, you get a little charge. It's a great song, so I'm going to give it a plus 0.5. Okay. And then he released It Ain't Me, Babe, a Dylan classic, um, live, which doesn't sound as exciting because you listen to it back to back and you're like, oh no. This is the same. So I'm giving that a plus zero. Okay. There's nothing particularly wrong with it. But there's nothing particularly right about it either. There you go. Which is the definition of a zero. I'll have you know. Let's add up my points. It's neutral. So it's, that's two points for singles, four, 4.5. So I got a plus four this year. E- hey, not too shabby. That's pretty good. E- yeah, exactly. Well, he did stuff, you know. He did stuff. Way he did stuff. He fell under the spell year. of a guru who hated him. him? <laughs> That's the perfect kind of Dylan guru, I gotta say. I couldn't see it He other started other separating way. from his wife and children. Which is really unfortunate. Yeah, I Along know. Along with the Jacob Dylan. Oh, Jacob. I know, poor Jacob was like a baby at this point. Too. I suppose. Well, not a baby. We're in 69, right? Yeah, 69, that's right, we talked about that. We talked about that being the event of our lifetime. (laughs) And by our lifetime, we mean not our lifetime, because either of us were alive in 1969. No, but we were alive when he became a big deal in the mid-90s. Oh, were we ever. (laughs) Hey, I heard, uh, not not one headlight, but the other hit, that 6th Avenue heartache or whatever it was. Man, that's a pretty good song. I heard it in the grocery store. Better than anything that Babel ever released. I don't like your tone (laughs) right now. (laughs) You know what? I don't like it so much. Why don't you tell the audience what we're doing next time when we're not together anymore? Thank goodness we're back where nature intended us in Minnesota and Washington State, talking over a scratchy iPhone six connection. (laughs) Oh yeah, recording onto an iPhone (laughs) four. High tech baby. High tech baby. Craft beers out there. Remember, mm. you can help us by sponsoring our show. Absolutely, and we'll drink your beer on it. Yeah, pretty much does. any craft beer. Any craft beer, take. I think we probably can make it work. Now, I don't like pilsners, lagers, sours, hefeweizens, and probably some other ones. But I love oh, IPAs, shit. pale ales. <laughs> I like all of those. Things porters. So uh, brewers in the Minnesota area, I like all that stuff. Whatever yeah. it is, I probably will drink it. So you can sponsor Charlie's portion with any of those disgusting beers. And I'll take Jeez. all the good beers. Well, it suits Caring, our... Quit scaring away our craft beer <laughs> potential here. Actually, you know what? I changed my mind. I will. I will drink anything that you give us for free. Just like I'll listen to anything that Bob Dylan gives me for free. All right. Right? I think we're done hustling here. And just lowering the quality of our podcast by trying trying hard to sell out unsuccessfully. I'm not really sure. The only worse than selling out is trying to sell out and failing. I'm not really sure we could go any lower, but sure. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <think> next <laughs> up, we're going to be doing 1981. Mm. Mm. Speaking of going lower. <laughs> old 1981, Jake was alive then. I wasn't yet. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. I was I was working at it. I was working on I, I was in college. <laughs> Until Chaz came along <laughs> And ruined everything It <laughs> was born in 1980, ladies and gentlemen Alright, <laughs> the end of 1980 Let's go Go somewhere else uh, I'm Charlie and I like Bowie I'm Jake and I love Dylan And both of us love you Sponsors